0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
1: This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Gold. Messi
0: takes everybody up. Messi has got it!
1: From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2 Golden Goal, Soccer Stars and the Moments That Made Them, premiering this summer on Blue Wire. What's up, everybody? This is the Prince of Queens, Brian Myers, and the host of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, and you're listening to Top Rope Nation. Ladies and gentlemen, it
0: is now
2: time! Oh, no. Oh, yeah i finished these fights. Give me a hell
3: yeah! Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best thing going today.
2: What's up, guys? This is the Monday edition of Top Rope Nation. Ryan here. And we're going to try something a little bit different today. We've actually never done this in the entire history of Top Rope Nation, which is now over 150 episodes deep. We thought for today's Monday show, we'd kind of deep dive back into the show's history, present, I guess you could kind of call this a greatest hits edition of Top Rope Nation. Uh, We've had so many new listeners to the show in the last one year that we have this really deep back catalog of shows. And a lot of the new listeners have just never heard of a lot of the content that we did a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, and so on. And so we thought today we would present... Something from the archives, and uh, this discussion happened back on the March Fourteenth, twenty nineteen edition of the show. It was episode eighty-eight, so we're talking almost a year and a half ago. Uh, this was around the time when the when the Shield reunited, right before Dean Ambrose, John Moxley left the WWE, and uh, we were talking about what were the greatest factions in pro wrestling history. So myself, Kyle. And Justin, we put together our top 10 list of the greatest factions in wrestling history. So what we're going to do here is we're going to present that discussion back from episode 88. Hope you enjoy it if you've never heard it. And if you did hear it, maybe give it a second listen. So we're going to go back in time, listen to that. We'll be back on Thursday morning with a new edition of Top Rope Nation. We'll see you then. Enjoy this discussion from the archives. The Shield huge moment this week so it got us thinking like i said where do they rank historically and i started making a list justin made a list i'm sure kyle's list is up in his head but kyle's a walking encyclopedia of pro wrestling knowledge well, so when,
0: when justin asked this it's like oh what like i already didn't have that list
2: <laughs> yeah he <laughs> probably have like a spreadsheet already made uh yeah i don't know i had a difficult time with this because i think it's hard to rank a current act you know if five ten years from now when we look back I think their ranking will even go up from where it is now, but in the in the time period, it's always kind of hard because we look back with, uh, especially like things from our childhood, with a little bit of nostalgia. And I don't know. I tried to when I was making my list, I tried to think of it because it depends what you're ranking. You know, are you ranking them as being successful? Are you ranking them for me having great matches? Are you ranking them for uh, like pop cultural significance? I put a lot of uh, like popular culture significance within my list because i feel like there's three or four teams that are just so like beyond any other stable in wrestling history that it's it's hard to top um but then like the shield's right there right after that i think so justin give us your thoughts
3: well i i kind of looked at it as the the same way as you i i had four things in mind and that's impact on i think wrestling which is kind of like the pop culture thing too uh the members so like Did the group make them stars? Were they already stars? Um, Was there filler? Uh, Then three, uh, any kind of great storylines they were involved in. And then four was, you know, the quality of their matches. Mm -hmm. Those were the things I was looking for. And I I tried to be objective, but obviously when it comes to wrestling, it's mostly going to be subjective. And because of my age, it's biased towards factions since 1990. mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, same um kyle your initial thoughts and your rationale i,
3: I could just parrot
0: what you said uh, both you said but ryan in particular um, jerk were, <laughs> I finally you, i just,
2: get some credit on this damn i love podcast. you Justin joint
0: you know that <laughs> there were three that immediately jumped like i was like all right these are the top three fractions and it's you know undisputed to quote adam cole but um after that, like, for me, I started thinking, I was like, yeah, the Shield measures up pretty well. And, you know, um, the sort of pop culture transcendence impact on the business also, for me, is is the biggest factor whenever I evaluate wrestling. I know a few, what was it, last year, um, Place to Be Nation, when they did, like, their greatest WWF slash E wrestler of all time. To me, I just don't know how your top five, in some order, is not, you know, Hogan, Austin, Rock. Bruno and Cena, like those, like I know Mount Rushmore four people, but like that's those five are like the Mount Rushmore of the of Titan Sports.
2: Yeah, and to be clear, with our factions list, we're we're looking at all of wrestling, so beyond WWE, we're we're considering WCW um, and WA Crockett promotions, all of that, uh, New Japan as well. So uh, to just start it off, when you look at the top of the list, to me, it comes down to two. And I have a hard time deciding like who I would rank among those two as the, the best faction of all time, but it's the Horseman and the NWO. Would you guys agree for your top two, or who did you have in your top two, Justin?
3: <laughs> Neither of those.
2: Really? Oh, oh that's surprising. Yeah. Kyle, did you? Uh, they were both in my top three. Yes.
3: Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Who, who did you say? Who's your first one?
2: So I'm going back and forth between the Horseman and the NWO. Okay, yeah.
3: yeah. Um, no, I'm sorry. I do have one of those in my top two.
2: Okay. I, I felt like in the top three... I had the Horsemen, the NWO, and DX. I feel like those three are pretty solid at the top.
0: Yes, those are my top three, but DX is above the NWO. Okay, I had to think about that. Um, To me, the Horsemen are pretty. If you want to start, well, I guess if they're the go-to, you know, I guess if you don't think the Horsemen are the top faction of all time, I'd be interested to listen to your. Argument for that, but to me, it's just like they're kind of the standard for which every other faction is judged on, yeah. And I mean, the horsemen had some lean years and some poor lineups, there's no doubt about it. But, um, you know, for me, those, you know, like you said, Ryan, were the clear top three. Like, I actually, there's a significant drop off just because of the impact on the promotions that those Mm -hmm. three had compared to everyone else. I mean, there's some that we really liked, but you know, maybe the impact wasn't there. But, um, NWO was three for me because as much as they, you know, strapped the rocket to WCW business, you can make a pretty strong argument. They were just as important in killing that company.
2: Yeah, that's true. It got really watered down, especially when they started doing the different groups with the, the red and the white. Um, yeah, I, I ended up going with the horseman, I think for number one, just because of longevity and... Although they had lean groups, like Kyle said, it didn't get watered down to the point of the NWO. I think pop culture significance, the NWO outranks the Horsemen because they were on top during a more popular era. But I think if you throw up the four, I think a lot of people, even beyond wrestling, that were around like in the 80s at least, would know what you're talking about um but not to the lovely nwo like growing up in the 90s if you went to the mall you saw nwo shirts like everyone is familiar with the nwo shirt so i think pop culture wise nwo of the factions and dx are probably at the top because of the era but uh, when you look at the whole picture like match quality storylines the people are in the groups like justin was saying for his rationale pretty tough to beat the Horsemen as as a whole package um go ahead justin
3: I would just, you know, to add on, on the NWO thing, it's, they are, you know, one of the most impactful factions in the history of wrestling, just because of the boom it created for wrestling. And, uh, to kind of kickstart it off was one of the greatest moments in wrestling history was Hogan turning heel. Um, and with the four horsemen, their origins and those original teams, especially, you know, my favorite being the one that included Barry Windham, they were so good that it could, that was one of the few factions where you could take a guy, put him in the four horsemen, and it makes him more prestigious. And not only that, but even today, you can just go around the WWE roster and say, like, oh, he would be a good horseman type, you know, uh, wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, but having said that, I had the horsemen two and uh, NWO4. Just NWO four, just because NWO is like, for one, their storyline, they had a couple good storylines, but it always led to just the most disappointing matches you've ever seen they never had great matches as a faction um so really you just had you know the origins and the boom and then you know a year and a half later it just like kind of like how kyle pointed out started sinking that company
2: mm-hmm. so who'd you have number one? Oh man
3: i had bullet club slash oh dear god
2: <laughs> i have them fourth so i'm not like too far away from you but i i do have them fourth actually i think my top four are pretty well set, and after that, it's really tough. I feel like after the top four, the Shield can really come anywhere. You know, to get the so, Shield back into this discussion.
3: My, my argument for Bullet Club is I feel like it's to a lesser extent, but similar to the NWO, they, they have this pulp culture significance on the wrestling industry. There is not a wrestling show you can go to where you are not going to see some variation of a Bullet Club shirt. It, it transcended... Japan. Like it oh, reached yeah. all the way across, you know, the ocean and came over here to the United States. It created stars, it put Finn Balor on the map. Um, it did a, a ton for AJ Styles, it did a ton for uh Kenny Omega in the Bucks, and it's and it basically led to what should be, you know, the third or second most interesting wrestling company in the history of uh, uh professional wrestling.
2: Yeah, I I had them for and pretty much all the reasons that you listed there. Um I don't know that WWE since the heyday of Austin and the Rock have released a t-shirt that's pop cultural significance reaches what the Bullet Club has. Like you're right, you see, you see those shirts everywhere. Indie shows, WWE shows, unbelievable. Um I think man, 3 or 4 years ago, I had like an argument with some people on Twitter about is is uh, the Bullet Club pop culture, and they all said no, and I'm like, Are you guys crazy? <laughs> like you're seeing these shirts everywhere. It's definitely pop culture, and, and that was when they had signed, you know, to have the shirts at Hot Topic and all that. And they just, yeah,
3: yeah. I really think it just raised awareness for quote unquote independent wrestling, and just it, it widened the entire landscape.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, there's there's never been anything close outside of WWE, you know, since WCW. We're not a business that got to this level as the Bullet Club. So, and yeah, membership-wise, a lot of big stars, great workers, lots of great matches with these guys. Uh Pretty much carried New Japan for the last several years. at it least beginning of-
0: a business. I mean, people forget Japan, you know, in the early part of the century, no one was talking about Japan.
2: Yeah, like when Brock went there, nobody was talking about it. You know, it was like, yeah, it wasn't, it didn't have the didn't have the prestige maybe for a lot of fans over in North America at least that it did like in the 90s you know yeah, like I, mean, I remember it, getting the tape trading and I had to get the Japanese tapes but then like through the early to mid 2000s nobody was really talking about Japan right. so it, it definitely got North America on board for sure and uh, uh, you can't really you can't underrate that I mean it, that was huge no, look, so. look,
0: I'll be very honest with you they, they, they have a very strong argument to be the fourth uh, faction on this list for me very strong um i don't think they have the pop culture cachet the top three groups do i think the, I, I hate this because you know it, it's hard when people get in the wrestling bubble i think within the wrestling bubble like the pop culture or whatever you want to we want to first phenomenon the bull club is, is so strong but if you mention bullet club to the public at large do they have any clue what you're talking about? Whereas I feel like the NWO people like that didn't even watch wrestling, just mm-hmm. like whether they wanted to or not knew that the NWO was wrestling DX. I think, you know, you would have people that, uh, you know, somebody said, Oh, that's suck. Like if somebody made a suck at reference, they'd be like, Oh, that's wrestling. Yeah. Everyone uh, knows that. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, maybe, maybe the worst, but not, I mean, I don't know. It was tough, you know, NWO and DX their heyday was when I was in high school and college. So it was easy to tell. Um, so But, you know, I mean, even the horsemen, people throw up the four fingers. I think, you know, there's a lot of people who know what that means.
2: I would agree. I don't think it it has reached the pop culture success of those three. And as Randy Orton
0: pointed out, man, the Bullet Club, they're not afraid to borrow a few things. (laughs) What a promo that was was by Randall Keith Orton, touching on all the right buttons.
2: Isn't that interesting, though, that uh, if we look at the top four, and like me and Justin have them in our top four, number one and number four, one this group is started out
0: as like a cosplay of one of the other groups you mm-hmm. know which so. is why i don't think you why i personally could not have them above the nwo although again they have you know not yet will not whatever have the destructive influence that the nwo did and really <laughs> you know when hogan and Nash and those guys would just not give up their spots that caused a major problem the nwo basically ate WCW alive. As much as we all, you know, sometimes give Vince shit because he never portrays outsiders as equal or certainly not better. Mm -hmm. The one example of a promotion allowing an outside group, quote unquote, to look stronger than it's, you know, itself, than the promotion itself, that promotion died. You know, WCW basically was never allowed to fully get its heat back against the NWO and prove that You know they started calling the pay-per-views wcw slash nwo i remember that was a big talking point 98 it basically was like oh okay well the nwo is just as important as wcw it's not just this heel invading group that we're going to be back to make wcw even stronger moving forward it basically ate the promotion alive
3: yeah so obviously the culture at large nwo is you know heads above bullet club you know but as far as you know Kind of kayfabe in a way but as far as star making i think bullet club is far better than nwo was unless you want to make an argument for scott steiner or uh marcus bagwell um and then also you know kind of your point like nwo ended up killing wcw whereas bullet club has kind of created its own new company kind of the exact opposite of what nwo does so yeah, that's, that's kind of kind of why i rank it a little bit higher
2: yeah to your point your four criteria Pop culture impact, members, storylines, match quality—I'd say the Bullet Club easily three of those four, for sure. Yeah. Members, storylines, and match quality—I definitely have to go with the Bullet Club. So it's it's how much do you rank the impact factor? I think, but I think top four, top five for sure uh, for me, Bullet Club would be in there. So. I mean, the NWO never
0: did, but it never was about making stars. It was kind of about taking existing guys. Mm-hmm. you know, who were already huge names and, and just ban, you know, it was basically, you know, let's put a bunch of guys who may cut their teeth in WWE, WWF and, you know, make them an outside type group.
2: You know, like maybe someone like Conan wasn't known to the North, Amer- not the North American, but the United States crowd as much like that made him a bigger yeah. star, but he was, he was a big star in Mexico. Well, and
0: Holland Nash were much bigger stars in WCW than they were as Diesel and Razor Ramon. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so if, there is one match I'll point out. If if you if you think you've never seen a good NWO match, and trust me, there are not many. Slammery '97, the main event of that show. It's the Wolfpack Hall, Nash and Waltman against Ric Flair, Roddy Piper, and Kevin Green. Give it a watch. I know you're listening to those names, and you're like, "There's no way in hell." Give it a watch. It's in Charlotte. Crowds hot. Kevin Green always, to me, was a guy who could have you know done something in wrestling. Had he not been still in the NFL? It's a fun match.
3: I'll tell you what, only our Kyle Ross would pull a match <laughs> like that out of his ass to Is, that, is that
0: 98? 97, Slambury 97. It's a show that I did not watch it all the time. Like it was very skippable. Um, but somebody said, oh, this match is good. And I was like, oh. and I watched it. I was like, holy God, like this, the heat. I mean, like the. Wolfpack are great heel stooges in the match. They, you know, they work exactly like they should. For people who didn't think the NWO ever gave WCW guys anything, they do in this match. Um, if you remember, if just try to jog memories, remember Nash went on Nitro and cut this kind of shootish promo about Flair and Piper, and about like old guys holding everyone down. The first when he was in WCW the first time,
2: uh,
0: vaguely. Okay, th- th- this that promo led to this match. So. Okay. But other than yeah. that, yeah. I mean, it's other than the Randy Savage DDP matches. There was, I mean, not a lot of match quality from the NWO.
2: Yeah. So, okay. Outside of those guys, and do you have someone, uh, another faction of mine, Kyle, you want to throw in like this top four discussion? Because you yeah, no. have the same top three as me.
0: Yeah, no, not really. I mean, uh, you know, D one thing with DX that's interesting is successful both as baby faces and heels yeah and and every iteration you know i mean for me personally my favorite always be the sean hunter Mm -hmm. the the first started but then they were had a great baby face run with triple h as the leader x pac and the outlaws joining in then you know a year you know after they broke up they reformed in 99 more or less x pac and outlaws were flunkies for Triple H at that point. The dynamic was a little different as the but they were effective in that role. And then, you know, years down the road, obviously the Sean Hunter 2006 baby face iteration is not.
2: I was not a fan of that. I think we talked about that on the show before. Yeah,
0: but you know what, it was kind of over. So I guess you have to give them some, just do. And here's another thing we have to consider with DX. You know, we talk about the Bullet Club kind of, you know, being a cosplay of NWO. When DX first started, in ninety-seven, what was the knock on them? Everyone's like, "Oh, they're WWF's kind of." I mean, it wasn't necessarily apples to apples, but people were saying all oh, WWF's trying to have their NWO. I mean, it never grew to this size of the NWO in terms of members, but it very clearly was like the same type deal.
2: Yeah, you know,
0: kind of a, a group of heels who acted like they were above the promotion.
2: Yeah, and plus you had Hall and Nash, and everyone knew they were buddies.
0: So yes, the, yeah. Remember when they showed the click incident on a raw? What a wild time. raw yeah.
2: yeah, it's true. Really good stuff so far there. Hopefully you guys are enjoying this conversation. But before we go any further, I do have to throw a shout out to our good friends over at betonline.ag. Sports are coming back and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And there's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight, or check out odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. Can't wait for your team to come back? Bet Online has futures odds, including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on visit betonline.ag and use promo code bluewire to receive your new welcome bonus that's promo code bluewire bet online your online wagering experts i feel like yeah you get us outside of this top 3 or 4 and then it's like anybody's ball game and so like i i can see how people could rank the shield like 5th you know in history i can also see how people could say You know, uh, maybe top 10, maybe just outside the top 10. It just kind of, it comes down to what you're a fan of, you know. And as I look at my list, (laughs) it's pretty difficult. I'm not not quite sure where I'd put the shield, but I do think top 10 for sure.
0: They are easily the best WWE faction post attitude era. Oh, yeah. You either be them or evolution. And The thing with Evolution is you look at the members and, you know, when they come out, they had a certain cachet and, you know, the the line in the sand is like a really awesome song. But wow, did they preside over a dog period of Raw. I mean, those Raw's were not good when they were on top. Yeah. At all. So that's kind of like a mark against them. And did the Shield ever get a fair run? We need to talk about that because they were broken up way too early. Yeah, certainly broke them up way too early. That that hurt them for sure. Um and then they were broken up foolishly. I mean, they're literally the only group that I think has been foolishly broken up twice.
2: Yeah, it's weird because some of these groups, it's like they they kept on too long, like the NWO. And then here's the group that didn't go long enough.
0: Yeah. I mean, to me, when I watched that the main event in the building, I, I was thinking to myself, imagine breaking this group up. Like, why do they have like I get that you want to push them as, you know, individuals, but why do they have to be broken up to do that?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You can have them still be loosely associated and then when necessary, they can team up. Again. I mean, that 2014 turn was just so ill-timed with, you know, they were on top. They'd just been put over evolution two straight times. And Daniel Bryan, your top baby face, went on the shelf for an extended period of time. You needed a top baby face act. hmm and then, you know, obviously this last time when they did it, the Ambrose heel turn was, you know, an unmitigated disaster.
2: So would we all agree, like, with the Shield, Reigns and Rollins went out onto bigger and greater things. Ambrose, this is the highlight of his WWE run. Like, unquestionably. Would you guys agree?
3: What Yeah, right I mean, he was world champion, but...
2: Yeah, true. I would say, like, his Shield... To me, his Shield... Um, the Shield run was his height though. Like I don't feel I feel like I like high hopes for him coming out of the Shield and even when he started with the Shield everyone was talking about him like oh here's he's the new Roddy Piper. That's
3: that's what's so funny is like looking at where they're all at now and then you look at uh, who they gave the championships yes. to. Yes. Re- Reigns and Rollins got the tag titles while Ambrose got the United States title. It's mean, yeah. just amazing to look back on.
2: I I, it's just like when I'm trying to think where I'm going to rank them like I don't want to rank the faction based on what the guys did individually do you know what I mean
3: well but I think I I think that's part of it I think you should look at what they were able to do with each other and what that propelled them to do later on in their careers and like the superstar the the star power involved uh I, I think that's important
2: okay yeah what do you think Kyle
0: I think that's interesting because let's like look at those top groups we talked about. Like, I feel like a lot of them, you know, again, it wasn't about necessarily with the horsemen. There were some instances, but like Flair was already a made guy. When the horsemen started, Flair had been on top for two years. Was, yeah. if not longer when, when like the horsemen officially started. Um, Tully had been a top guy. Arn. Had been at the time, you know, Oli Anderson. I mean these were like not, you know, new names. Uh they did luger was a huge benefit to him to join the group when he replaced um Ole. But you know, even Barry Wyndham was already kind of a made guy. He'd been so, in final matches the year before.
3: You you already kind of pointed out uh I think NWO catapulted Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and I would say uh DX catapulted Triple H.
0: For, yes, for sure. I would yeah and that was a point I was gonna get you know um Triple H people forget oh, he was the opposite of interesting mm-hmm. before DX started in the summer of 97. I mean, remember, people were always like, God, what are they going to give? I mean, that was a knock mm-hmm. on him. People were like, what are they going to give it up with this guy? Remember the signs? Triple H mid card for life.
2: Yeah. I think Brett kind of bashed him on wrestling with shadows. This is a guy that nobody's ever going to like or something. like the character at the time, the, the mm-hmm. snobby guy. Yeah. yeah.
0: give credit. I mean, yeah. I mean, you look at the time when DX started fall 97. And a year after that, where Triple H was, you know, this, he was like the second most over babyface after SummerSlam 98, obviously.
3: Mm-hmm. So the, the other thing I wanted to say about the shield real quick is, you know, obviously, they made themselves into superstars. But also, I think more than any other faction, uh, especially as a faction, by far and away the best matches.
0: Yeah, all their matches, all the trios matches are really good.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of these a lot yeah. of these teams they didn't have a lot of action matches. Like I think the Heart Foundation, they had the Canadian Stampede, because the Heart Foundation to me is in the top ten. Yeah. But they same. weren't I guess they're working some tags here and there.
0: But yeah, I mean Owen and Owen and Davey have the raw tag against yeah. and Michaels, which is really good. Well, I mean, when you talk about match quality, I mean we we gotta talk horse. I mean war games, hello, mm-hmm. you know, uh um, yep. and lots of other, you know you know. By the way, one thing that's interesting, because I, I thought about it, you know, Justin brought this up and I, and I meant to bring it up earlier, that, you know, he's not alone. I think most people consider the Rick Arn Tully Barry version, the best version of the horseman, only around for like a couple months, like five, six months. Like Barry joined in April when he turned on Luger and then and Tully quit by the fall to go to WWF over money. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, as much as everyone remembers that, you know, and and thinks that, you know, Rick has said himself on DVDs, all that was the best version. He was only around for six months.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The other thing here I've been thinking about as we've been talking is that a lot of we've we've been talking about springboarding people to stardom from these groups. And, And you look at a group like the Heart Foundation for that group. That was like their last hurrah. You know, like all these guys came in established. And after the Heart Foundation none of them were ever like that big again obviously
0: wcw blew up brett (laughs) none of them were even in the promotion again
2: the
3: the thing with the heart foundation that 97 run is that was just one of the best storylines and that was just it created some of the hottest crowds it turned two nations against each other as far as wrestling. yeah yeah
2: impact wise the heart foundation ranks really high because that was kind of the start of wwf's business turning the corner Right before the, I, mean, I guess that's like the start of the Attitude Era, really. So.
3: I mean, it, it made a, a, a red, white, and blue loving Ryan Drosty by a Canadian. Canadian
2: that's Canadian. right, at Epcot Center in 1997. Oh, I've heard
0: it all now.
2: Yeah, uh, that was <laughs> my family went to Disney World in the summer of 97, and we went to Epcot Center, and I, I immediately wanted to go to the Canada section so I could get a flag. It's true.
0: My favorite part of the Heart Foundation was the formation when remember Owen and Davey had been they've been teasing a breakup angle for months and then Brett um called, pulled the power play actually behind the scenes once they once he agreed to turn heel um for those who don't know him, mean, he basically was like no well I want to do a faction with Owen and Davey and they just put the kibosh on the split angle they were work, wrestling Owen and Davey on raw Brett comes out and cuts that unbelievable promo that where Owen was like crying at the end, like Mm -hmm. that was the best, like seeing Brett and Owen embrace after, you know, basically feuding for over three years at that time was just so great.
2: Yeah. I, (laughs) this, they rank really highly for me. That's one of my favorite periods in wrestling history. (laughs) Um, I would put them above the shield personally, just because the storylines were so great. Like I, I like the shield a lot. I don't feel like any of their storylines like grabbed me like what happened
0: with the art Foundation that year. Um Well, I mean, unfortunately, you know, they're in an era where the classic storylines maybe just aren't there.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: What's the Shield's best storyline? Is it <laughs> about that in is, is it the babyface turn and feuding with evolution?
3: Yeah, I think it's that babyface turn uh, going from the Wyatt family to crushing uh Kane and uh new age outlaws into evolution. And then honestly, I think an argument could be made for uh, this return at Fastlane. I mean, obviously that's kind of not a storyline as much as it is just a story.
0: A line. one-off. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like something they'll show on the highlight reels always yeah. foundation,
0: again, not a long shelf life.
2: No, I mean, we're talking eight seven months. months. Yeah. Seven and a half, eight months right in there starting in March to November. And well, they kind of started. Well, Brett's heel turn started in March, I guess. So then we'd be into April. So yeah. About seven yeah, months. it
0: wasn't until April I think that they started, and they didn't solidify because like Neidhart didn't join till maybe even May or something. Yeah, he came like, in real late. Yeah, him and well, Pillman. I can't remember. He had that.
2: a he had like a contract with some indie groupers. I think yep. I feel like we've talked. I think we yep. talked about this on the SummerSlam '97. Yes. Um. So <laughs> that's a good uh. That's a good uh, spot to promote our Patreon, which I haven't been talking about. Uh, if you like listening to us talk classic wrestling, uh, we started a Patreon page, patreon.com slash nation. We produced two shows exclusively for Patreon. You can hear like the first 10 minutes, I think, on our podcast feed of the SummerSlam 97 show. and We talked a ton about the Heart Foundation on that show. But if you want to hear the whole thing, yeah, patreon.com slash Uh, If we get some more subscribers... We'll start putting out more Patreon only classic shows like this because we love doing it. We just need people to sign up to make it worth doing, and, and we'll produce more it. shows.
0: Anyway, I'll do it anyway. Just keep creating. Just, <laughs> just keep I'll, I'll talk out, about out content. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a comparable group to me, uh, for the Heart Foundation, and a group that I think we're all gonna have in our top ten is Dangerous Alliance.
3: Oh, yes. Yet, like
0: you know, in terms of recess. Now it was not to the level that you know, the WWE's business resuscitated, obviously. But, you know, when Dangerous Alliance got going, and people forget, look, I can watch just about any era of like any, you know, any, uh, a- any part of WWF, WCW since like the national expansion. I can basically watch any era. The summer of 1991 WCW is absolute, unmitigated, Horse manure
2: <laughs> like <when, laughs> that's like, such a Kyle Ross. I love that. Like, that's such a Kyle when, Ross
0: line. Like right that there. four <laughs> months after Flair left, it is awful. Like it is so bad, and they had no idea what to do. And then here comes a dangerous alliance, man, and things picked up. And you talk about a group where the guys could all be utility guys. They did so many six mans on WCW Saturday Night. You know, tag team matches on Clashes. Um, Even, you know, it, they technically were not Dangerous Alliance yet at this point. But, like, the Arn and Larry tag match against Dustin and Ricky Steamboat at Clash 17 is, like, one of the best WCW matches of the 1990s. Um, you know, that War Games in Wrestle War 92, many consider that the best WCW match of the 1990s. So, they're a group, obviously, who... Um, is very much near the top, even though like, you know, 1992 WCW business is not great, but I think, you know, without the Dangerous Alliance, God knows where that promotion would have ended up going into 1992.
3: Yeah. And especially when you look at, uh, talking about the members Yes. in, in such a, such a, uh, you know, a, a collage of past greats, current greats, and obviously a future top three wrestler of all time uh and and more than that all those guys could freaking go in the ring all mm-hmm. of them they were just so good
0: you know i to, to what you just said i remember i have like a buddy who like did not watch wcw at all in the early 90s and i told him like i recommended the dangerous alliance to me he asked me a wcw question i was like you should watch the Danger. he's like well who is that and i named the members and he was like holy shit that's that was a group I was like, "Oh yeah!" Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Turn on that award-winning WWE Network. Was, yeah. Educate yourself. Yeah, I mean, because that, that—I mean—that is one of the great periods in ring, at least, of WCW's history. That, like, first, you know, very end of '91 into you know the summer of '92. This
2: is like the prime Justin Joint era of WCW. Watching as well
3: it's prime wrestling in general for yeah. me. I mean, <laughs> you know, I was in that sweet spot of being 11 years old. And, uh, uh my dad had a satellite that got pay-per-views for free. And oh boy, that was, that, was, that was a good six months for Justin.
2: I feel like our, when we became friends, like half our discussions were about that era of WCW at the time. It's the best. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you look at it
0: super bowl, which we've mentioned on the show ad nauseum, super Bowl too. Um, then Wrestle War was after that, um, and Beach Blast ninety two. I mean, that's like those are three awesome pay per views. You know, WWE Network just put up this that run of superstars in nineteen ninety two. Those episodes, WCW was much much better during that period than WWF. Mm-hmm. I and, agree. And, yeah. Yeah, it, it got bad towards the end of '92. For when you know Watts thought Heyman was making too much money, and he basically disintegrated Dangerous Alliance. Um, and oh boy, it was it, it was it's a real small crowds by the end of '92. But man, it was great while it lasted. The Dangerous Alliance again, not around long. Similar to yeah. the Foundation.
2: Yeah, but you know if you're not around long, but that period is really good. You can rank them high. I think I'm pretty well set. I think I'm going to put on my list the Heart Foundation '97 as number five. And then when I look at the rest of my list, I think I'm putting the shield at number six. To be honest, I I look at I got a longer list that goes beyond 10, but I was kind of like trying to mark who I would throw in my top 10. I think I think of all these, I got the shield. And then beyond that, it could really go in,
0: in any I order. I want to hear some of your other high, both of your guys, some of your top who's rounded out the top. Because I assume the seven that we've mentioned so far, we all would consider top.
2: 10. Yeah, I have the dangerous alliance. Yep. Um, I have the nation of domination, they, um, they
3: just missed my cut.
2: Yeah, God, they were, uh, yeah. You look at star making, though, man. The Rock came into his own, and he did. That's what I kept thinking. I kept coming back to that, and they had some really memorable stories, too. Like when Ahmed joined the nation, I remember being like blown away
3: in <laughs> their feud you know? with DX.
2: Yeah, I yeah, to me, that, that, they rank pretty high, but yeah. I, uh. I like-
0: I like but, the Rock-led version a lot better than the fruit led version.
2: Oh, yeah. Me too. I agree. More entertaining. Um, so I have the Dangerous Alliance also that is in top 10 consideration. Nation of Domination, Evolution. I got the New Day up there.
0: Okay, so let's um, bring them a fat. See, I didn't know what to
2: do with that. Yeah, I kind of went back and forth on that too,
0: but yeah, three guys? Yeah. Well, it's, it's not just because... It's not the size. It's that I just feel that they're a, a tag team more than a stable.
3: That has three guys. Yeah. I just, yeah. I, I think once you get to three and because I, I had completely forgotten about them, but I haven't uh, ranked seven is the free birds. And it was like, yeah, but, I didn't even get to experience the real impact they had because that was more down South. And I didn't really get to watch that because you talk to any wrestling fan from down South and they're going to talk about free birds versus Von Erics as one of yeah. the greatest feuds of all time.
0: Mm-hmm. I I've did a deep dive. I've watched almost all of 83 uh, world-class on the network. Dude, you want to talk about some of the best crowds in wrestling history. Give me the weekly crowd at the Dallas Sportatorium. Oh, yeah. I mean, these people were just absolutely emotionally invested in that feud more than like any crowd has been in any feud in history, really. I mean, the Freebirds are top 10 for me, Um, and and, and they're more Shield than New Day to me in terms of being a factor. Uh, I've said it before. I think the new day might be the greatest tag team in WWE history. Yeah. And what's funny is we don't think of the shield as a tag team.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got the only other ones that, and I, like I said, that was in no particular order, but I'm just going down the list of who I had jotted down in that order. Um, no ranking, but, and the only ones left were the Freebirds and the corporation, which I thought, I thought the corporation did some pretty memorable
0: stuff. Not Teddy Biasi's corporation. I hope
2: no 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 no, because no.
0: <laughs> that would be uh, on the list of one of the worst wrestling yeah wrestling of all time.
2: <laughs> yeah so those are all i guess that puts me at no league one, of Nations, two, three four five six that's put, <laughs> actually that's putting me around 11 or 12 these are the ones i'd start as in consideration for my top 10 so i guess from those six i'd have to pick four if i got the heart foundation at five the shield at six I think I'd have to probably of those go with the free birds next. And that would be like my seventh. And then, um, yeah, maybe dangerous Alliance at eight nation at nine. And then, then I'm picking for my 10th slot between evolution, new day and the corporation. uh, I think I, yeah, I might put Evolution at number 10. So the New Day would just miss it. The corporation would just miss it. And then on the outside, others that I really liked. You know, I really liked Raven's Flock for a while in WCW.
3: I, I was going to make sure we brought them up because yeah. I, I was a huge fan. Yeah,
2: I liked Raven's Flock a lot. Um, <laughs> I've been the Brood them, was pretty cool, you know.
0: But they never did. I, I felt that we should have done more with them, you know, like that was like the thing, like if you talk to people in the crowds in 98, mm-hmm. everyone's like, these guys are cool and but they never really did anything with them remember they just joined that okay you talk about one of the shittiest factions of all time the freaking ministry of darkness must be mentioned because that was bad yeah corporate ministry ministry that was all bad. do we consider the heenan
3: oh, oh we no lost we lost Kyle. him we lost <laughs> him right when he was bringing up something i really the heenan wanted family to
0: talk- that's another
2: one of mine that okay okay just kind of misses the top 10. now
3: see I don't consider them a stable, and if I did, they would be top five. And I don't consider them a stable because they were never really together. It was just no, that's, more yeah. individuals being managed by Bobby Heenan.
2: Yeah, it was like you knew the group of people Heenan was with, but you you didn't really like you didn't see them together a lot, like yeah. all of them together. Yeah, that's what Kyle I think the he Heenan family.
3: Th- they're more of just a tree from Bobby Heenan. Yes, yes. Uh, Kyle, you missed it. What I I said was. I don't consider the Heenan family a faction, but if I did, I'd have to have them top five. They were more just individuals all managed by the same person. Yeah,
0: I, I agree. I agree with that. I just I just wanted to throw it out there just for more.
3: I, I'm glad you, I, Over, I had that in my yeah. notes. I just forgot to bring it up.
0: Yeah. I, I wanted to go back to Raven's Flock. I've been watching a lot of early 98 Thunder recently, obviously after our <laughs> discussion. <laughs> yes. What a th- They were fun man they, they That's really a call were. back to last week's show by the way if you haven't heard it yes yeah also when you I watch early 98 Thunder like I feel like the same complaints about it like would apply to modern WWE you know it, it very you very much in terms of like it, it's 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 um it's pretty with like some of the storylines you know um kind of not going anywhere sometimes mm-hmm. or being forgotten. Um, and you know, maybe questions of elevation, which always you know, people sometimes wrongly um, criticize WWE for, but um, that was far more prevalent in that, that that era of WCW, yeah.
2: So, who else would you have like kind of rounding out your top 10 Kyle?
0: I feel we hit them all, like yeah. you know, you know, after the big three, I said, you know, okay, bullet clubs they've got a discussion for number four, I, I would consider them four, then I think you're looking at you know. S.H.I.E.L.D. Dangerous Alliance, Heart Foundation, Freebirds. So we're up to eight.
3: Um, You haven't given us your thought on Evolution? Yeah. So
0: like I said, like you run through the list. You know, if you just showed me a picture of Evolution or you sent me a link to Motorhead's line in the sand, I'd be like, oh yeah, Evolution. (laughs) But it cannot be discounted how bad Raw was in 3
2: yeah, like, it was no, a good like
0: star-making group, but I no was, question put okay, shield the shield over. Okay, it. okay, that part of the equation they rank very high for what it did because Orton and Batista were nothing really before <laughs> that group, and both went on to become headliners. Um, I, I've said it before on this program, you know. Obviously, we've all come full circle with Triple H and Batista working each other at Mania this year. Uh, that Triple H Batista storyline. Which began late 04 and then you know culminated at WrestleMania 21 and actually what kept going on before that was one of the last great money drawing storylines for WrestleMania. I mean, now, you know, they just sort of put on a big match, but like you talk about an angle that took months to develop, that that did show did big business on the back of that um angle and feud. I mean, when Batista gave the old fake thumbs up and thumbs down to Triple H and Ric Flair, that's a top 10 Raw moment, baby. Oh, yes. yeah.
2: Me and my friends imitated that so many times after that. yeah. Um, Justin, your your final thoughts on your top 10? You You can read off your top 10 if you want to. Kyle's is probably off the top of his head, but I'll read mine one more time. So I got The Horseman at one, NWO at two, DX at three, Bullet Club at four, Heart Foundation at five, Shield at six, Freebirds at seven, Dangerous Alliance at eight, The Nation at nine, and Evolution at ten. So just missing my cut, I would say, would be a New Day, Corporation, uh, Ravens Flock, kind of is up there, and the Brood.
3: Uh, yeah, I got a uh, Bullet Club Four Horsemen, NWO DX Shield, Heart Foundation, Freebirds, Evolution, New Day, and uh, Dangerous Alliance. Um, and I just want to throw out there one that obviously is not great by any means, but I just love the idea of was Legacy.
2: Yeah,
0: it, yeah, it was a good idea. It, it, it was kind of like Evolution, but with yeah. Orton as the leader. You know, it, it was kind of you know we talk about things that um, uh, you know pair at other previous groups. I, I think you know Legacy was definitely you know Randy Orton in the Triple H role of of Evolution. So. All right, well, uh, my—I mean, I guess my top ten would be New Day. If we're—if we're counting them, I initially didn't count them as ten. Evolution is nine. Uh, Dangerous Alliance eight. Heart Foundation seven. Freebird six. Shield five. Bullet Club four. NWO three. DX two. Four Horsemen one. Nice.
2: I think we're all pretty close. Like, I'm
0: yeah. a lot on the same page. So. Four Horsemen in terms of star making. I guess you know you can make the argument Pillman and Benoit. I really liked that. I mean, I know that we're not supposed to say any nice things about Chris Benoit anymore, for good reason. <laughs> but you know, I, I really liked that version. I love the match too that got them back together, where um, Pillman, Arn, and St- uh, Pillman, Arn, and Flair all turned and beat the tar out of Sting. Mm-hmm. Lo- Halloween Havoc '95, love it. Yeah, just because the crowd actually bought. Like, man. Wrestling crowds, the way they used to be. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just thinking about that match. If you want to, if you want to go back, I know I've given many recommendations of the show, but here's another one. If you want to go back and watch that match, it's Tech Flair and when Flair asks Sting to be his partner because Art and Pillman keep beating him up every week on Nitro. This is like the early era of Nitro, and then it's just a big, you know, ruse, and they all kick Sting's ass. The crowd today would totally see through (laughs) that, right? Like, everybody would know what was coming. That freaking live crowd. I mean, you know, even, like, for me, when I was, I was like, okay, this might happen. But, like, that live crowd was just disgusted when Ric Flair turned on Sting.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Same thing with Hogan's NWO
2: moment. Like, that would have been, people would have been talking on Twitter about that for weeks.
3: Do you suppose there was somebody in the crowd yelling, Hey, that's Blade Runner Flash! (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I feel there's got to be
0: some territorial stables that we didn't. Like. Oh, we're
3: definitely missing a bunch. That's yeah. why I said mine was post 1990 basically. Yeah. Um, but I the have the thing, mid- sorry. Oh,
0: no. no, I would say, but like the thing, like back to like the point about the Heenan family, it was generally like, you know, in that era, it would be like a manager with a group of folks rather than like a stable. I mean, like mid South had the rat pack. Um,
3: uh, gary hart didn't he uh yeah tex or something like that yeah.
0: well that was in, in in nwa like gary hart had his thing and then like you know in world club there was devastation Inc. incorporated too um skandar akbar's group but eh, i don't think those groups um would make my top 10
2: yeah i'm pretty confident in this top 10 and then the group's kind of just missing out so Guys, this has been a fun discussion. I'm sure we've missed one. People are going to mock us on Twitter.com. <laughs> Aces and
3: eights. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: At Top Rope Nation, send us your thoughts. Oh, I was going to read some of the listeners because I, I tweeted this out earlier. And, yeah, we uh, need to do that. We need to give the listeners some. Yeah, we got quite time. a few responses. So uh, let's see what some of them said. I said I'd read some of these on the air. So, oh, let's see. A lot of people disagreeing with each other. Got some conversation going. We should have probably um, mentioned the Wyatt family, by the way. That was one. Yeah, we I had them kind of in that just missing out too. Uh let's see. Mr. Furman Torres. He had uh, the horseman at number one. Also, he had dangerous alliance at number two, DX. And then number four, here's one we haven't talked about. The main event mafia right a little uh tna insert yeah. cricket noises there <laughs> i wouldn't agree with that one but the other three all right um let's they're see just
0: below, they're below the lwo for me baby uh
2: at sober wrestling nwo four horsemen freebirds the shield he said yielded three top guys including the face of the company is wwe's last male home run act
3: that's
2: uh, what i'm that's, talking about near yeah. dear to
3: my heart that guy
2: um good take Aunt Dale, 86 DX Heart Foundation, NWO, Horseman Corporation, Nation, Heenan Family, Ministry, Freebirds, Evolution. Uh, what else? We've got uh, Headlock Talk. He said, the Horsemen are probably number one in my book. NWO second with the Shield, a very close three. Uh, Kyle, our guy out there in uh, New Jersey, I believe. He's got the Horseman, new, new Day, DX, NWO, and the Shield uh let's see who else do we got here someone said that they'd ranked the shield below the horseman freebirds nwo and dx you know pretty close to where we were at as well so
3: yeah
2: and then we got a lot of people (laughs) adding each other here about all they thought they were wrong this is why they disagree
0: and love discussion
2: uh, yeah (laughs) Derek Schropel being Mr. Sarcasm out there, the oh. natural born thrillers. All right, everyone. Well, hit us up at Top Rope Nation on Twitter, Top Nation at gmail.com if you want to send a word to the show. Leave us a rating, we'll read it on the show next week. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Peace.